Welcome to the Bright Side Podcast. Why a podcast, you ask? Well, radio couldn't contain these, <laughs> these minds. That's right. Terrestrial radio <laughs> broke <laughs> under the weight of our influence. <laughs> so they, uh, uh, we, we do this show now uh, because... Uh, well, we heard from people that know about this stuff. Hey, you should do stuff in these twenty-minute increments, uh, and yeah. so and it's worked out well. We like it. I yeah. Like, I mean, um, oh, by the way, I'm I'm Joel Hunter, and I'm here with my father, Joel Hunter. Uh, he is the wisdom to the show, and I try to bring the whimsy. <laughs> <laughs> and you do a great job. <laughs> we, we, we should name this podcast. Wisdom, Wisdom and, and whimsy. Oh, uh, and, don't you love yeah, it? And uh, and then, uh, you know what? That's too. That's going to risk that becoming my nickname, which I really don't want. <laughs> so, hey, whimsy. Hey, guys. <laughs> Wait up. <laughs> so we are in the middle of a, of a little series here where we're talking about uh, the idea of of uh, again. I I've just heard it used so many times that what doesn't kill you make you stronger, uh, but. Uh, Sadly, that really describes this series well. So the idea that what doesn't kill you uh, makes you stronger. Um, and uh, an example of that would be the uh, syphilis that eventually did kill Nietzsche. Uh, that, <laughs> no. it, uh, it, it, that did not make him stronger because it actually did no. kill him. But yeah. for a while – Strengthen that uh, yeah. because you have to you have to overcome the adversity that you that you face, um, and I think if you take that phrase too literally, uh, it's patently stupid. You know, uh, there there can be things that don't kill you and make you much much weaker, but uh, but that's why the there's an importance to having uh, the right amount of stress or injury or discomfort or irritation in order to get stronger. Uh, because um, the common rebuttal of, well, what if a, you know, a safe falls on your head? Uh, um, yeah, you're not going to get much stronger from that. But uh, if, you, if you pick up weights uh, that are a fraction of the weight of a safe and you pick them up over and over again, you do. You get a lot stronger. Okay. And that's a really good example of hormetic stress. So hormesis is the process by which your body – I have a paperclip stuck to my arm. That was, I looked down, I was like, what is this? And I just, um, apparently I have a lot of magnetism just actually in you myself. Are, I, do. I don't even know how that, I need to get that checked out. I don't think I'm supposed to be magnetic, but a paperclip just stuck to me. Um, whoop, punch the microphone. So this is going good. <laughs> we're, we're professionals. Don't try this at I'm home. I'm sorry. I'm getting used to my new. I'm getting used to my new role as Magneto, and, I, and everything's been thrown off. So, uh, hormesis is the is the, the the description is the word for the process by which your body uh, takes stress in and has a response to it that then that says, okay, next time I need to be ready for this and as a little insurance, a little bit stronger than that. You know, right. it, it over, overcomes that. Probably the most uh, famous example would be vaccines. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be something where your body uh, is uh, given a sample of uh, uh, a weakened virus or just some antigens from the virus and, uh, and then it's enough uh, for your immune system to, to say, hey, oh, this we don't want this around, and so next now you've got these uh, B cells and killer T cells that are that are roving, always ready for that, you know. Yeah. And and that way, if it's around, it it can't can't get you. Yeah. Um, and uh, we have uh, Jonas Salk to thank for that, and yeah. uh, and a lot of other pioneers. Vaccines are somewhat controversial. I don't 
want to talk about it because I will, I will offend someone, I'm sure. Uh, but I would just say my summary of that is please vaccinate your children. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Because there's a lot to do with herd immunity and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, anyway, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about hormetic stress and what it does for the body. So Pop, you've been you've been reading about this some. What, what's what's caused, what's piqued your interest in this well, idea? Well, this is part of, part of what I'm doing right now is at 71 years old, I'm thinking, okay, how many years do I have left of a healthy life? How can I make sure that I have maximum health uh, for the years I have left. Uh, and so I've been listening to a lot of tapes, and <clears throat> they do talk about the nutrition, the exercise, uh, all of the basics of keeping yourself healthy and not um, strangely, uh, but much to the point, they talk about hormesis. Hormesis, by the way, the term comes, and Joel will fill us in on the science of this, but it's a branch of toxicology. Toxicity is that which is poison. But there's a phrase, um, <clears throat> the, po the poison is in the dose. Um, and so there are things that just irritate you enough, add enough stress to help your body overcome what that is. And that that then makes you stronger. Mm -hmm. um, uh, if you have too much of it, then it will do you harm. But if you have just a little of it, it'll do you good. And so some of the stuff like in nutrition, <clears throat> one of the reasons uh, that broccoli is so good for you is it's slightly toxic. Um, um, it irritates your body to the point where um, it, it stimulates uh, growth. Uh, same thing with coffee. Um, it's slightly slightly toxic. Same thing with dark chocolate. Cacao, 70% uh, and, and beyond of, of cacao, um, you'll notice that the darker chocolate is, the more bitter it is. The bitterness is really the toxicity. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's not why it's not as sweet as milk chocolate. So all of that um, kind of adds up to um, the, the, a nutrient for me, um, <clears throat> making sure that um, I'm getting the proper nutrients that not only give me the vitamins and minerals that I need, but irritate my body. And when I exercise, um, that that you know, uh, and and when I fast, uh, somebody says somebody once said, unless you uh, are out of breath and hungry uh, on a regular basis, you're really your your body is not going to develop. It's full of strength, hmm. um, and so um, and so. But both of those are forms of um, minor stress that will build you back stronger. Yeah, and out of breath and hungry. I mean, it's a, it's a good example of how hormetic stress uh, is. Uh, it's it's not <clears throat> accidentally. It's it's purposefully titratable to the individual. So out of breath and hungry could really easily describe someone who weighs 400 pounds and is walking to the kitchen. Mm. Um, and and for that person, uh, that that is hormetic stress. Now it's immediately canceled out by a bunch of ding dongs, <laughs> uh, where it it doesn't. You know you've you've undone That's any right. good. Um, exactly. But if you can put yourself in a place where you're uncomfortable enough to be out of breath uh, and or hungry. Uh, and, and then you overcome that, it takes more to do that same thing the next time. Uh, and that's yeah. true of exercise. That's true of fasting. Uh, it's, it's true of, of most of life because your body, uh, the fun thing about the human body, uh, and just honestly, 
kingdom animalia in general. It, it's it is so insanely, absurdly, incredibly complicated that uh, it its ability to respond to the environment. Um, where we go through and that whole idea of thinking God's thoughts after him, uh, it it's constantly just – there's stuff every year in science where we're just like, this is incredible that the body was built in order to respond to this uh, to this stuff. Um, and so uh, it's it, it responds to the stress in the environment. Now, there are different stressors, um, but for almost every stress, there is a low enough dose that it will make you stronger mm. uh, in response to that. The one that we're not totally sure on is ionizing radiation. Uh, it's possible that one just you should avoid. Uh, so, uh, it, for for the general audience, not for me, because of course I know what it is. But would you explain ionizing sure. radiation? Sure. So if you have uh, if you have enough, so there's this whole electromagnetic spectrum, um, everything from gamma rays all the way to really really long radio waves that are gamma you know, rays. By the way, are, is what made the Hulk. Yeah. So in and so in Bruce Banner's <laughs> case, one he's the only example where it was helpful. Uh, but uh, but in general, the the smaller the wavelength. Uh, uh, the higher the energy. And so the higher the energy, the more uh, damage it does to, uh, you know, in this case, living living structures around it. So uh, gamma radiation would be the ultimate example. Uh, like gamma radiation is what's, what's inside the core of the sun. Um, and so uh, as it loses its energy towards the surface of the sun and travels towards us, it gets all the way to just being visible light. Mm. Um, you know, it increases its, uh, um, what's that, uh, wavelength by, you know, orders of magnitude. But uh, really, really uh, high-intensity radiation isn't great. Interestingly enough, though, the sun is another good example because if you're looking at um, UVB and UVC light, uh, that's something that, you know, you get tan from, but your body is actually built to uh, to take some of that quote-unquote damage, you know. And matter of fact, you mm -hmm. need some of that in mm -hmm. order to turn mm -hmm. vitamin D into its active uh, – into its active uh, in, uh, version, you know, mm -hmm. because uh, – uh, 125 uh, dicolecalciferol, uh, because until then, when it's just when it's just calciferol, it, it just doesn't do much for you. Um, and so people need exposure to UV light uh, in order to in order to uh, uh, make vitamin D, which is a which is an important thing. Or you can take, since we're smart now and we know how to just make vitamin D, you can also just take it. But uh, but it's way more fun to just go sit in the sun for oh, a little yeah. bit. Um, but it's a good example that of any any medicine at a high enough dose becomes poison or toxic, and the sun is a good example that uh, you can also get way too much radiation and get your get yourself uh, some of that uh, basal cell carcinoma mm -hmm. uh, and and that's not good so uh, hormetic stress uh, it's it's hard to find too many sources of it uh, where it's not good for you in some way um, one of the ones that's that's gaining some uh, traction in a in a positive way uh, is is this idea of saunas, the idea of making yourself extremely hot for short periods of time, uh, and this is something that the Finnish they've known forever. They're like, I can't believe you're just now figuring it out. <laughs> is that some Finnish? <laughs> well, I read it and it did. Oh, we like to see the saunas in the snow. <laughs> uh, where's my fish? So, the uh, so. <laughs> They also get a lot of omega-3s. Uh, and so uh, saunas are uh, – it's funny because I feel like the cultural picture of it, and I think this is slowly changing, but the cultural picture of it is uh, 
not generally favorable because people are like, I don't want to go sit next to naked old people. <laughs> uh, and, Full disclosure, by the way, Joel does this. He's what, what he's describing. I don't sit next to naked he, old people. Well, no, I, I didn't how, mean that. How part. dare you? <laughs> I, I didn't mean that. Part. <laughs> My character. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you go to extreme hot and extreme cold. That is true. Yeah. Environments. That is true. And and so mm-hmm. and it's, it's because I it, this truly it's not something that I like sought out in advance. <laughs> uh, to to like I was like I'd really like to be very physically uncomfortable um, or or socially uncomfortable. Uh, it's something that I read the science about. I kind of I, it kind of one thing leads to another. You know, it's like when you get down one of those Wikipedia holes where you end up. You know, you start off reading about saunas and then you end up you know reading about why Pluto's not a planet anymore. But uh, with this, I got into the idea of uh, I, I learned how helpful and all the metabolic benefits of of fasting. Um, and then that led to learning more and more about hormetic stress. And then that led to learning about cold plunges and that led to learning about saunas. But the deal with a, a sauna, it's the most well-studied of, of all these different hormetic stressors. Uh, there was a study out of Finland where they, they took uh, men age 50 to 65 to enter them into the study and found that uh, all-cause mortality, which means uh, – Everything, uh, you know, uh, from from cancer to heart disease to everything else, um, all cause mortality in people that had uh, been in a sauna a couple of times a week was was down twenty four percent compared wow. to over twenty years over a twenty wow. year period compared to people that hadn't done it at all twenty four percent. But they found it was dose dependent. People that did it four to seven times a week, all cause mortality was decreased by forty percent, uh, just from and and that was with, uh, you know, holding all the other variables constant wow. as best you can with a longitudinal study like that. Uh, and so that got people's attention, and so they started doing more research into it. Uh, and it turns out uh, there's this very real. Uh, phenomenon. Uh, that's not really a good word for it, but uh, there's there's a part of our genome that produces these heat shock proteins, uh, and heat shock proteins. Uh, it's kind of well established that they exist. Uh, they respond to stress. Um, now, for, they got called heat shock proteins because at first we thought it was just heat that brought them out. It turns out other types of stress do it as well. Uh, cold does, and uh, just general stressors, uh, exercise. But uh, they they got their name because it was first realized that when when people uh, are under extreme heat, these heat shock proteins are expressed, um, and and beyond that, they're mobilized uh, and they stay around for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's still measurable increases in the blood for uh, one to two weeks afterwards. Um, but what heat shock proteins do? They are specialists. They're they're chaperone molecules, and uh, and what chaperones do uh, is um, beyond just you know. The, the normal like field trip chaperones, uh, it, it molecularly as macromolecules inside the body, chaperones, uh, they are the guiding uh, proteins to help other proteins fold the way they're supposed to. Mm. Um, so, the, so the way our body works is we have DNA that is transcribed into RNA and then RNA, which, you know, this is then out in the regular rest of the cell, DNA kind of, it's it's like in the it's like in the VIP club. It only stays in the nucleus. RNA gets sent out to the rest of the cell, and RNA is what gets transcribed into. Um, I'm sorry, DNA gets translated into RNA. That's the technical. Uh, and RNA gets transcribed into proteins, and proteins are just 
you know, you only got 20 amino acids and, and they're in different orders. Uh, and so, but it's, it's the same way as you only have 26 letters in the alphabet, but you can say a lot of words. Mm. Um, and so in this case, the words can be, you know, 800 letters long. And so it, it prints out these proteins and they're all just linked one to the end, end to end all the way, but they fold on themselves into these specific shapes. Uh, and that's how they can do what they do. Hemoglobin can carry oxygen because of the way it's folded and it, and it ends up so that it's got um, a basket basically that can that's perfectly configured to carry oxygen. Uh, by the way, that basket is even more perfectly configured to carry carbon monoxide, which is why it kills you uh, mm. because it, hemoglobin will will bond to that instead. So anyway, what happens with aging is our cells start to degrade, and more specifically, the proteins that make up our cells, because that's what makes it, you know, that's what builds it all, um, they start to degrade too. It gets a little bit raggedy. Things don't get folded quite right. And so anything that you can do to increase the proper folding of these proteins mm. will increase people's health and longevity. Um, and that's what heat shock proteins do. Uh, Alzheimer's is a great example, um, and, uh, and and this is true of different other dementias as well, but Alzheimer's is the most well-studied. You have these beta amyloid plaques, and beta amyloid is, uh, is, is these beta folds. That's a specific way that protein can be folded, and they should not be folded that way. And so instead of um, providing structure and providing support, they they clog the highways. You know, it's, mm. it's a traffic jam of all these cars that can't run. Um, and so... Anyway, that's what heat shock proteins do. Their job is to be a chaperone molecule that can help to uh, prevent uh, cell deterioration. So the general principle here is <clears throat> that no matter what um, your genetics are, there's a there's a second um, layer of interest, and that is that's been termed epigenetics. Mm -hmm. That is the behavior you engage in and the circumstances you put yourself in uh, will trigger your natural. Um, um, genetic um, activity, um, one way or the other, mm -hmm. um, and so you really somebody I can't remember who who it was or even what the percentage was, <clears throat> but you know we all think of genetics as destiny, um, but that's not true. Mm -hmm. um, it certainly is a baseline of potential. Uh, and there certainly is uh, there. There are genetic proclivities, and and um, <clears throat> um, um, I can't think of the right word. Um, but but what we do um, to our body, uh, what we do with our minds, um, the habits we develop, uh, will go a long way to decide how determined uh, how determinative just our basic genetic structure is yeah it's it's absolutely true and um you know there's there's this ongoing debate that's been going on forever and probably will continue on ad infinitum but nature or nurture does it matter more the dna you're built with or what you're taught to do with it um there is no question that multiple studies have shown that what you do with the building blocks that you're given uh, have far more of a determinative effect on on where you're going, and that that is true um, because what happens to you from the outside, gen genuinely on a molecular level, if happen affects what happens on the inside. Um, 
we should probably talk about this on our next podcast because I want to talk about a, fascinate, a fascinating little nematode called C. elegans and why uh, it's taught us so much about the way our body operates. And oh, it's, I can't it's wait. It's just the tiniest gross little worm, but just so perfectly built for us to learn more about ourselves. And uh, I've done what I try to do, which is end each podcast by talking about worms. And, <laughs> and so now we can sign off. <laughs> we'll see you next time on The Bright Side. Bye.